Hi there, and thanks for listening in to the audio version of uh, the blog Off Grid and Ignorant in Portugal. Just Google that and you'll bring up all the photographs and all the things and links and stuff I put on these uh, dispatches every time I do one. Uh, this week, uh, the title is What a Day, the peace and quiet of our calm rural lifestyle. Sitting on the sofa chatting through the best place to build our new car park, we knew it was going to be a crazy day. But after slurping down a mug of coffee and heading up the hill a little after 8.15am, we had no idea of the level of chaos that was already enveloping our building site. We arrived to find a shipping container, semi-suspended from the bucket of a huge bulldozer, one end piled driven into the ground, the other scraping the edge of the mountain of dried cement, known locally as the concrete poop. I immediately went into I-told-you-so mode. Having spent the last week trying to get someone from the digger company to come out first to have a look and plan what to do, I immediately went for our engineer, José. I knew this would happen. It's like a slow-motion car crash, I wailed. He shrugged. Heads were scratched and a plan was hatched. They'll find a solution, he said calmly. Things are done differently in Portugal from what you're used to. I'm not really used to anything, having never built any houses, moved any large metal boxes or guided any diggers. I just thought planning was the right thing to do. But José was probably right. I was frantic, stressed and manic already. Anna was the voice of calm. Just as we were fretting about the container and the increasing cost of unplanned machine hours, a cement mixer arrived and had to squeeze past the bulldozer. It was the final day of the nightmare polished concrete floor job before Christmas and at least the mixer had arrived and had the confidence to drive through the mud. The polished concrete guys had been anything but polished and immediately started shouting about how they had to work the night before in the dark because there was no electricity. There is power, they just didn't ask where the socket was. But at least that provided an explanation for how wrongly they'd coloured the floors. They'd done it in the dark. They started work on November the 7th, got stuck in the mud reversing the cement mixer too close to the house to save them wheeling it, and then had an industrial dispute with management which culminated in dumping about 30 tonnes of cement on our land, the aforementioned concrete poop. Then the company ghosted us for about a fortnight, dropped by for one day only to do a couple of floors, before disappearing again amid excuses about a national concrete shortage. They were never seen again until this week, when we pointed out the 50 shades of yellow that now covered our supposedly uniform greyish floors each relating to a different team using a different percentage of colour on a different occasion. But then we had to travel to Lisbon for a bank meeting and they were left unaccompanied on the building site. We'd missed the sight of the large concrete pump arriving and doing all the outside decks in one day. Why couldn't they have done that weeks ago? And apart from the different colours, it seems to have generally gone OK. As we watched them shoveling concrete on top of the metal reinforcing grids rather than placing the grids inside the hardening mass and we fretted about whether they'd remembered to add the underfloor heating liquid, the doors and windows guy arrived. 
He was wanting final confirmation of every PVC unit, and I was battling to understand his Portuguese. On the other side of the building site, the bulldozer was now moving concrete slabs, lifting the workers' cabin, and having another go at placing the 40-foot shipping container on the four concrete feet built for the purpose. We'd stopped it just before the tracked monster had taken a shortcut across the future vineyard, which we'd seeded and turned over at great cost and effort a few weeks ago, and were delighted to see the green shoots now emerging. Then the leader of the unpolished Prats started shouting at José for something else as his phone kept ringing. Amid the madness, Anna was preoccupied on her phone, desperately trying to give directions to a delivery truck driver, bringing us a solar pump kit from Spain. I didn't know where to turn. Everything was out of control. Everything was happening at once. And then Anna said I had to drop everything and drive to the main road to meet the delivery van and guide him in. I got into the car, shut the door, and enjoyed a precious moment of calm. Google Maps take delivery drivers up impossible hills, which is why we have a series of signposts guiding visitors to our door. But meeting at the road is the best way to guarantee they don't give up and tell the office they weren't in. The only way the 200-kilogram pallet of solar panels, metal frames and a powerful water pump will make it down into the valley is on the back of our trailer, slowly towed behind the 4x4. So I helped the guy deliver it directly onto the trailer. All went smoothly, and while I had been preoccupied, the container had been placed, and the bulldozer had started task two, levelling ground and digging holes for the water treatment tanks and reed beds. As I headed back towards the chaos on the building site and looked across the valley, I saw the excavator excavating in the wrong place, and raced up the hill to try and stop them. Much as we'd like to make a point about how all our water waste is recycled, we don't really want the reedbed septic tank to be the first thing people look at when they walk out onto their balcony and take in the view. It was too high up on the hill, which was strange because we'd walked it and talked it with Senor Manuel and Rui, the water guy, and even pegged out the place with wooden stakes. By the time we arrived to redirect the digger, we already had a 3 metre by 20 metre chunk taken out of the hillside. As both the focus of attention and the digger moved down the hill, we pondered the possibilities of an accidentally created new hillside deck and seating area. We watched nervously as Senor Manuel referred to a printed out scan of dimensions and Joachim, the 76-year-old builder, was jumping in and out of the holes with a tape measure and a spirit level, making sure the depths were correct as the giant bucket swung soil between pine trees. Suddenly, the bulldozer engine cut, work stopped, and the cheerful guy at the wheel shouted, Almosar! And everything went quiet for lunch. Somehow, we had made it through the morning. After inhaling a couple of fried eggs, we picked up our recently returned neighbour Daniel to show him where his water is now supposed to come from and to try and work out why it wasn't coming from there anymore and had stopped filling our new pillow tank. Turning a few taps on and off way down the valley somehow did the trick. With after-lunch work stopped by a faulty hydraulic pipe on the digger and concrete polishing proceeding apace, we felt comfortable enough to abandon the site and head to the town hall to submit some documents, and then travel out to the PVC guy's workshop just to go over all the things he'd said earlier in the day 
that we hadn't really understood amid the chaos. When we got back, the bulldozer was still stranded, with one final job remaining. Carlos, the landscaper, had brought his small digger, ready for a pipe-burying job the next day, and I had a beer. Anna and I made for the sofa, put on a movie, and tried to reconnect with Garfunkel, the big dog, who still hadn't forgiven us for going to Lisbon for a few days and taking Simon. The little LA dog loves the city and had a wonderful time sniffing every tree and lamppost. You would have hated it, Garfy, we tried to explain, and I think he understood. It's just too busy and crazy and hectic in the city, and here it's calm and quiet and, and, and relaxed and... Where should we put that car park?